Welcome to Let's Review RN. My name is Bryn O'Donnell, and I'm a certified adult and geriatric nurse practitioner. I work as a cardiology APN and function as a visiting professor and clinical instructor for a BSN program. This is an independent production by myself, and I am not representing any educational institution. My goal is to deliver a condensed but robust review on topics primarily discussed in Adult Health 1 and 2 and some pieces of pharmacology of a bachelor degree nursing program. Over the years, I've learned that students have an immense amount of confusion and questions when they leave didactic, which makes applying what they are learning nearly impossible to the clinical setting. I want to break down the basics so that you can continue to build upon your knowledge and put the pieces together. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Let's Review RN. I am very excited to be switching things up, and I'm going to start talking all about diabetes in this next series. So um, there's type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, there's gestational diabetes. Some people can get can kind of confuse diabetes insipidus with um, diabetes mellitus. So I'm going to start out by talking about type 2 diabetes because it's the most prevalent um, type of diabetes and it's continuing to grow in cases every year. So let's get started. Type 2 diabetes is a chronic condition that affects the way the body metabolizes sugar, also known as glucose. Glucose is an important source of fuel for your body. And so the, the body utilizes glucose within the cells, but in order to do this, it relies on a hormone called insulin to allow glucose to enter the cell. This is sort of like a lock and key situation where insulin is needed to open the door to allow glucose into the cell, and only then can glucose be utilized for energy. Type 2 diabetes can be described in two different ways. Either your body resists the effects of insulin, known as insulin resistant, or it does not produce enough insulin to maintain, maintain a normal glucose level. Type 2 diabetes used to be thought of as an adult onset diabetes or an adult disorder, but today more children are being diagnosed with the disorder likely due to the rise in childhood obesity. There is no cure for type 2 diabetes, but rather lifestyle modifications that can aim to prevent the development of type 2 diabetes, including losing weight, eating a healthy balanced diet, which means a diet inclusive of lean protein, fruits and vegetables, and limited in refined sugars and processed foods. Exercise is also recommended, which can help manage or prevent the disease. It's thought that 90 to 95% of all new cases of diabetes are likely to be type 2 diabetes, which is likely why uh, it's directly related to obesity, lack of exercise, high insulin resistance, and poor dietary habits. In order to really understand diabetes and the way that it affects our body, you need to understand the role of glucose. Glucose, or sugar, is the main source of energy for the cells that make up muscles and other tissue. Glucose comes from two major sources, the food that we eat and your liver. Sugar is absorbed into the bloodstream where it enters your cells with the help of insulin, as I described previously. Your liver also stores sugar in the form of glycogen, which in turn can release glucose into the bloodstream when glucose levels are low, such as times when you haven't eaten in a while. The liver will break down stored glycogen into glucose to keep your glucose levels within a normal range. In type 2 diabetes, the process of moving sugar into the cells for energy does not work as efficiently 
ineffectively, and instead of moving into your cells, sugar then builds up in your bloodstream. As blood sugar levels increase, the insulin-producing beta cells in the pancreas release more insulin. Over time, the beta cells can become overworked and then ultimately become impaired, and they cannot produce enough insulin to meet the body's demand. This type of response correlates with decreased insulin production. So insulin is a hormone that is produced by the beta cells of the pancreas, which is a gland situated behind and below the stomach. The pancreas secretes insulin into the bloodstream, which then circulates through the body, enabling sugar to enter into the cells for energy usage. Insulin ultimately lowers the amount of sugar in your bloodstream by allowing it to enter into the cell and not linger in the bloodstream. As your blood sugar levels drop, so does the secretion of the insulin from your pancreas. Exactly why the body becomes resistant to insulin or the body is not able to produce enough insulin is unknown exactly, but it is thought that genetics and environmental factors such as being overweight and inactive play a contributing part. So I've continued to kind of harp on this idea that one of the largest risk factors for the development of type 2 diabetes is being overweight or obese. So let's describe that a little bit. Overweight is identified as a BMI greater than 25, and obesity correlates with a BMI greater than 30. However, you do not have to be overweight to develop type 2 diabetes. Fat distribution is also an important factor because you mainly store fat in your abdomen you have a greater risk for the development of type 2 diabetes versus fat stored in other areas such as hips and thighs. Visceral fat, abdominal fat, actively contributes to the state of your health, but in a negative manner by working against your body. Visceral fat produces cytokines, and cytokines are a protective substance that are secreted by your immune system. However, Excessive cytokine production causes an inflammatory response, which then increases one's risk for cardiovascular disease and negatively affects the cell's sensitivity to insulin, further contributing to diabetes. Inactivity increases your risk for type 2 diabetes, likely because it increases your risk for overweight and obesity and excess abdominal fat. Exercise helps control your weight and utilizes more sugar or glucose for energy and makes the cells more sensitive to insulin. There is an increased risk for the development of type 2 diabetes if the patient has a family history, including a sibling or a parent, which has been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Another risk factor includes race. So blacks, Hispanics, American Indian, and Asian American individuals are more likely to develop type 2 diabetes than Caucasians. Age is also an influence, especially if older than the age of 45. This is likely due to the trend that the older you are, the less active you are, the less muscle mass you have, and therefore the more weight and visceral fat you hold on to. Despite this trend, there is an increasing rate of diabetes amongst young children and adolescents, as well as younger adults. Lastly, both gestational diabetes and polycystic ovarian syndrome for women increase the risk of onset of type 2 diabetes. I think this is a good place to stop for an introduction to type 2 diabetes mellitus. In the upcoming episodes, I'll touch on the ways that diagnosing type 2 diabetes occurs, symptoms and treatments that are used, including drug class information on oral medications and insulin, as well as some diabetic education that is important for patients. 
I hope that you enjoyed today's episode of Let's Review RN. I'm really excited to kind of switch gears here, get away from cardiovascular and dive into diabetes, but yet it still really correlates and is a major risk factor to the development of cardiovascular disease, which we've spent so many weeks talking about. So again, I hope you're as excited as I am. And if you like today's episode or any of the episodes, please rate and review them. I would love to hear from you guys. And you can always find me at Instagram handle Let's Review RN. This podcast is for general information review purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or nursing. The use of this information or any materials provided by Let's Review RN are at the user's own risk. This content is not intended to be a substitute for educational teachings through students' educational institutes or organizations.